What's going on, society members? Happy Thursday. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well out there. Uh, for everyone who is new, welcome to the Underground Society podcast, where we get to know some of your favorite local talent and speak to some industry professionals. Um, as you guys may or may not know, I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and I just wanted to start off by saying that I really appreciate all of you guys for continuing to support the Underground Society and what we are trying to do in the industry. Uh, there is tons of fun stuff planned, especially for the summer, um, for all of you guys that... Um, are keeping up to date already know that we are doing weekly podcast episodes um, all the way out till I think September uh, right now. So um, all of the summer I'm out of school, um, so we're going to be doing weekly podcast episodes. But if you enjoy listening to our show, uh, please share with a friend, post on your social media pages or whatever else um, that you can think of to share with your friends. Um, our show and community grow primarily by word of mouth. So um, I super appreciate any of you guys that are already doing that. Um, how you guys can do that um, is by tagging at undergroundsociety.edm on Facebook and Instagram and at UGSpod underscore EDM on Twitter. Um, also, don't forget, those of you who are interested in getting more involved, you can join our Facebook group, The Society Meeting Room, which is where you can submit song submissions for any music that you guys want to hear on the show, interact with other society members, and get access to early announcements. All right, guys. So today I sit down with one of the artists that just played the Symphonic event, Subsidy, someone who has released on huge labels like the Disciple Roundtable and Subsidia, all the way out from Minnesota, the one, the only, Bainbridge. Also, after the interview, we have a guest mix by our good friend and another Hostati music artist, Glasspack, who's actually planning on playing one of the shows that we'll be having a booth at July 9th and 10th. Um, his show will be on the 10th. It's actually a three-day festival, but we will only be there on the 10th because on the 9th, uh, we have another show, Animalistic by National Entity. Uh, but if you guys are interested in either of those shows, you can find the link to buy tickets in our bios on all of our social media platforms. Um, so come hang out with us and have some fun if you are there and plan on going. Um, but anyways, hope you guys are ready because uh, we are about to kick things off with my top three favorite songs on my daily playlist. Starting with a track from Dr. P that was released towards the end of last year called Won't Let Go. Um, and this one, this one's a little bit more of a melodic song, uh, especially for a Dr. P track. Um, but I absolutely love it, and I hope you guys enjoy as much as I do.
Man, I don't think I'll ever get tired of hearing that song. I I love it. Um, Dr. P's recent releases, especially the one that he did with Chime that I put in a couple episodes ago. I, Dr. P's killing it. He, I mean, he always has, but like the last couple releases have been absolutely prime. Um, following that one up, we have Nitty Gritty and Blunts and Blonde, brand new song, The Loud, and then another brand new song from Hero Bust called Lose Your Shit.
lose your shit type shit. Uh, make you wanna do stupid shit type shit. Hey, it's that lose your shit type shit. Yeah, make you wanna do stupid shit type shit. Yeah, it's that lose your shit type shit. Hey, make you wanna do stupid shit type shit. Yeah, it's that lose your shit type shit. Yeah, make you wanna do stupid shit type shit. So today we are joined by an artist who just played, Subsidy. Um, you've released on Disciple, Subsidia, um, had support from the likes of uh, Excision and uh, 12th Planet, Modestep, Atelians, the list goes on. Uh, we, have got, we have Brain Bridge on the show today. I did not say that correctly. Bane Bridge. There we go. <laughs> what's up? What's up? How we doing, man? Good. How about you? Good. I just want to first start off by saying thank you so much for playing our show a couple weeks ago. That was freaking awesome. You threw down, man. Thank you, dude. Yeah, that was that was a blast. That was fun. That was my yeah. first time in California. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, because you're originally from Minnesota, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, what are you? Do you currently live there still, or did you move? Uh yeah, yeah. No, I still live, still live around there. I, I technically live in uh, Wisconsin, but I live right on the border. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, the Minneapolis scene is like 30, 40 minutes from me. Okay. Is there? I've never really been out there too much. I've flew in there once but i don't really know anything about it is there a decent same scene for edm out there yeah yeah the scene's not too bad can all things considered i mean it's not uh it's it's a pretty big metro area but it's not anywhere as near the size of you know miami or la right um, new york city anything like that but right yeah it's kind of kind of sounds like our sacramento scene a little bit we're we're not the biggest, but we do have a pretty strong community here. Um, is, oh, I'm trying to think what is the uh, the size of Sacramento. I have no idea to be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking right now. So it's five hundred thousand, and Minneapolis is five point six million. Oh well, yeah, completely so, different. So it's ten times the size. Yeah, completely <laughs> different. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there? Like we were talking a little bit before the interview, we have a couple of different promotion companies out here. Is it kind of similar out there too, or? Um, yeah, there's there's two. There's um, there's Skyway Theater, which does most of the EDM events. Okay. Um, and then they have Sim Shows, which does um really big stuff like the Armory, and they had they put on the drive-in that was out here in September that I okay. played. Yep. Um, and then they have uh, TC Dubstep that does uh, Snowda Festival. Oh, sweet! Yeah, I, so. that's that's on my list to go to. Have you ever been? I have not. I have not. It's, it looks I, wicked, man. I was gonna play it uh, last year, like at the end of uh, like New Year's Eve, like 2019, going into 2020. Okay. Um, but I was already under contract for Skyway. Oh, uh, gotcha. I ended gotcha. I ended up playing Skyway. Gotcha. So you're 
your artist name is Bainbridge, and I was reading right. a little bit in your bio. That's your middle name, right? Mm-hmm. So how did why did you cho- choose that, and like does that have a special meaning into your artistry and like your sound? No, I, I really. Uh, it was kind of back when I was getting into this stuff. It was back uh, when when all the big room DJs and the house DJs, because that's kind of what I got started with. Right. Um, it was back when they were using like their names, like first and last or last name or middle yeah. name or combination. Cal- Calvin Harris. Yeah. Martin Garrett. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So I, I was like, man, I don't know what to do for a name. And then I, I, I was like, Oh, I guess I never thought about my middle name. That's pretty unique. And I just kind of yeah. just did a little quick dive and I was like, nobody had that name in electronic music. So I was like, perfect. Perfect. So and, I picked it and it stuck. Yeah, it just stuck. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, what? So you originally started in Big Room. What originally like transitioned you into dubstep? What was that journey like? Uh, so, I mean, the first type of EDM that I ever heard was, was uh, it was like the old, the old excision, um, the old Datsik stuff, like right. way back when, like tw- like 2012, right, um, or 2010. I mean, it was like when it when it was like firepower and swagger yeah. and like that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, so that was kind of like the first stuff I'd ever heard. And then it was like what like uh, Skrillex, like Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. That was kind of like my first taste of electronic music. And I was like, this is cool. And I never really thought anything of it. Um, and then I got into the house stuff. And then it was like from from there was trap originally it was like the it was back with like uzi and hoochie and stuff like that yep um who else was like like loud pack and keys and crates oh, and dude, like yeah. i was i was way way into that stuff yeah my buddy had showed me and i was i was really into metal at the time and my friend that i met at college was like hey have you ever heard of like trap and i was like no what what's it what is yeah, this? what the hell like, is that what is, <laughs> yeah, what's that like but obviously i knew like what the beats were right but it was just like beats with more like focus on like a, a synth like baseline on top of it right and so he showed me that and i fell in love and so i was really into that and then i made the he's like he was really into deep house and he started showing me that and then i started I getting into how yeah i started yeah. getting into the house stuff and then it was actually excision uh 2016 at the base pod because okay. I, e- I went to edc dude i just i was literally gonna bring that up to you because you mentioned excision earlier i just saw like a replay on the insomniac tv on youtube they replayed it like a few months ago and i just happened to catch it and i was like dude this sounds nothing like excision like how he sounds now like mm-hmm. completely different <laughs> you're yeah. playing like trap like excision playing trap like what is this <laughs> yeah excision plays a ton of different stuff now it's cool yeah um but I was with I was I went to EDC with some friends and I was still into like the big room stuff. And then one of the girls was like, let's go to the base pod. Like, I want to see excision. And I was like, all right. OK, yeah. Like yeah. excision, like from back in the day, I used to be all right. Like, yeah, let's check it out. So I, like, I went there and I was just like, you know, like <laughs> yo, yo, like with the sub, like just the sub because the sub, yeah. I mean, their, their systems are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, I mean, it was like it's like vibrating like the hairs on my arms, like 30 oh. feet away. Like it was crazy. Sending chills down your back. Oh, I need oh this. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That was like the most like base I'd ever experienced. And that was it. I was like, dude, like just like looking around, seeing the energy. Yeah. I was like, this is sick. And that was it. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to make dubstep. Yeah, and, you're hooked. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. I sw- so I just swapped what I was making to that. Nice. Um, so obviously now that you've fallen into the dubstep route, you've toured mm-hmm. quite a bit and you've been, you've played even up in Canada, you've played all around the States. Mm-hmm. What was like one of the most memorable, most memorable tour, like, um, places that you've played and why? 
Hmm. Um, the top two cities, I think, which comes at no surprise, is Montreal and Denver. Yeah, Denver. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, <laughs> I would. In my opinion, I would. I don't know. If people might disagree, but I think that Montreal is the base capital of the world. Yeah, and I think that Ar- people argue that and say Denver is, but <laughs> I think Montreal is the base capital internationally, and as for the states go, it's Denver. Yeah, that's what I think. Which is crazy because, like, to even think about because it's so huge in the states. But like you think about like other countries, like there's only like one major festival, I think, Rampage in Europe, right? Are there more? That's the only, that might be the only one I know of. All right, so pause real quick. Sorry for the interruption. I did want to clear something up real quick. I did mean bass music um, festivals internationally. Rampage is the biggest one that I know about internationally. That is dubstep, primarily dub, dubstep um, and drum and bass and just bass music as a, in general. Um, obviously, I'm well aware of Tomorrowland and Mysteryland and all kinds of different festivals internationally. There's a huge scene for that, um, but I didn't come across very clear on that. So that is what I meant. Obviously, I'm not oblivious. So anyways, let's get right back into it. <laughs> Well, in Europe, yeah. Oh, there's a ton of festivals. Oh, there's a ton. Okay. Yeah, there's. It, it just seems like it seems like it's like way more prominent here in the states, though. Mm-hmm. So, most of no, I guess, Europe, Europe has got like a huge like drum and bass. And yeah. Scene. Yeah, UK um, Garage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, too. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure like Defcon is over there, which is like all like yeah. hard hard dance. Uh, they have Cream Fields. They have uh, yep. Tomorrowland. Yep. Um, Rampage. I mean, people like who, who's like has any dubstep producer played Tomorrowland? Uh, I know I like, people like s- Alice in Wonderland yes. have, but yeah. I want to say that there's a I just couple don't know who that it is. have. Yeah. I think I think they have more than one stage. I'm not super familiar with Tomorrowland, but I think that they have more than one stage where their main stage, obviously, it was like, it's like Calvin Harris and right. Alesso and stuff right, like right, that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think their side, their side stages, I think they do like trap and they do have like dubstep and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So you, I read through your bio a little bit more too, and you're you're trained classically in piano, trumpet, and guitar, correct? So how does that play into making du- like how did that <laughs> how did that happen? Because well, I feel like the melodies in that, and then like the deep aggressive sounds that you produce now, like how did that transver- transition into that? Um, that's a tough question. How did like? I mean, it started a lot because of metal. So my 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 right. dad pushed me. My dad pushed me when I was a kid to do piano lessons. He was like, "This is." It was like, it was one of those things where it's like I was the kid and I was like, I don't want to take this the, <laughs> the, the stupid piano lessons. You know, my dad's like, "Just trust me. Like, you're gonna do this." Like, yeah. You know, so he kept making me do it. I really didn't take that much piano lessons. I did it for like a year and a half maybe okay. so you learn like um, the basics of like scales of bar i learned like, like the basics yeah. i was playing like by the time that i finished i was like i, I think what happened is my t- piano teacher like quit or something uh, um or she she had moved and and went to a different place um but by the time i was like finished with that i was playing with two hands and i was like reading music and playing along with two hands and stuff like that can't really play with two hands now yeah. um but obviously, like, yeah, I know all the keys on the piano, so that helps a ton. Yeah, it's helpful um, with just basic producing stuff. Yeah, it's helpful yeah. just like basic producing stuff. I don't remember a whole ton of my of my lessons because I was like seven or eight at the time. Um, and then school rolled around, and then it was like they, you know, at the elementary school, they come in in like fifth grade right before you go to middle school, and they're just like, hey, like this is band, like pick an instrument yeah. if you want right. to sign up. <laughs> yeah. And so I actually originally wanted to play the flute. 
but uh okay my, my parents are like no like just like because i think my second choice was the trumpet and my third choice was the drums or something like that and my parents like just do the trumpet like you'll like it and i i picked it up and i was a natural at it like i didn't damn your parents knew you pretty well then <laughs> yeah yeah it was pretty weird i i didn't uh, i didn't have to practice or anything um and i was first chair in high nice. school and it just it just came super naturally to me so then that helped a lot and then i was like gosh i wanted like I want to play like trumpet like i yeah. want to play cool right stuff. yeah i want to i want to like shred guitar i want to play like yeah. heavy like metal music so yeah i got a guitar when i was like 13 14 i started playing with that and then i i, I got pretty good at it being self-taught i took some lessons um but it was more like here's how you play like chords and stuff and i was right. like well, i don't care about that I, I yeah i took i took basic guitar too when i was younger mm-hmm. and it was- it wasn't my thing yeah. it wasn't no the, the <laughs> lessons were totally different so i ended yeah. up uh i ended up going to a ton of metal shows um when i was in high school i started going to concerts when i was 14 um 15 16 i was going to a ton i mean there was like tuesday nights and school nights so i'm like nice. hey i'm going down yeah. i'm gonna go to a concert and i'll be back at like one in the morning my parents okay. didn't like it but, yeah they 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 definitely didn't like it but i I got to do it, which was cool. Um, yeah. And I met some people and then I ended up taking guitar lessons from a guy that was in a local metal band that was really nice. good. They, they started to get some traction. I think the band split up eventually. But yeah, he was he lived really close. And so he started teaching me like metal guitar, nice. um, which, which is fun, like way so. different than like just. Yeah, music. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally different. So I started doing that stuff. And then I played in a band for like six months or a year. We actually played two shows. Um, <clears throat> and then the uh the drummer from our band actually went on to be uh a drummer in a band called reflections okay i don't know uh, if i heard of them but i don't i'm not i'm not a huge, know, uh, huge pra- like, i don't listen to t- a ton of that music so have you ever heard of like Vale amaya yeah yeah so he went on tour with Vale amaya his senior nice. year of high school oh shit so <laughs> yeah no i think now they have like over they're like 100 or 200k likes on facebook and damn they're like actually big actually, yeah. So he, yeah, yeah, he, i mean he was a prodigy he was so much better than us in the van he was a drummer and he i was just like man that makes so much sense for him yeah. to leave and go actually do that so yeah our band kind of fell apart and when whatnot but i did have that experience um and i just i just had like this longing to like do something with music and i was like i i kind of had given up on the on the being a rock star playing guitar thing mm-hmm. i was going to college and then yeah that's when i just run into some uh run into some people and just kind of got involved in electronic music and i was like you want to know what i actually realized i have a i have a pirated copy of fl studio on my <laughs> laptop, my old laptop that's been sitting there because i think i had downloaded it when i was like 15 or 16 uh-huh. and i never touched it and my oh, buddy was are. like, yeah, you actually, yeah, you got, you got that copy. And I was like, huh, I guess you're right. So I just picked it up and started messing around. And then eventually it became like a serious thing. And I, you know, I Sick. switched over to Ableton and bought nice. it and yeah, things got serious. What but did you go to, what did you go to college for? I was undeclared. Okay. I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was, I was paying, I was paying 20,000 a year to, to skip class and sit in the 24 hour internet cafe and write dubstep or write electronic music well there you go (laughs) yeah that's really what it was i I didn't know what i wanted to do at college but you wanted wanted to do that that's all you wanted to do that's exactly what it was i wanted to do music so that's That's it well i'm gonna play a song real quick Uh, it's one of your biggest songs uh immortal um and then we can uh talk about it right after (laughs) 
All right, so tell us a little bit about that song, when it, what went into that. It was released on Disciple Roundtable, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that song really didn't have anything special behind it at the time. Um, it sort of turned into something after 
um, after I had finished it and sent it around and it started to get playouts, then I started getting people demanding, hitting me up. Like, what is the song when yeah. is it coming out? Where can I get it? It was just honestly at the time. So I, I, I had taken, I had like taken a step back and really like thought about my branding and thought about what I wanted to do, what I wanted my music to stand for and like the message and kind of everything behind it, like the artwork. And I was like, I got to come up with this EP, which was the Genesis EP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and originally it was, um, instead of the immortals VIP, it was immortals. Yep. And I think because immortals like ended up taking off, like it did, they wanted to release that on a compilation before my EP. And then I was like, well, can I do a VIP of that to put right. back on my right, EP? Right. Since that I was, I was very like adamant about those four tracks staying together. Yeah. Cause I had spent a year writing that EP. What, what was the message behind that? What were you trying to. So it was like, just like the beginning. It was like a fresh, like a new beginning, like okay. Genesis, like the beginning of something. Right. Right. Um, Cause I didn't, I didn't want to change my name. I didn't want to completely rebrand. Yep. But I wanted to, I wanted to sort of like have this fresh, like serious thing. So it was kind of just a name and just music, random, just yeah. songs before. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to be like, hey, nope, like here's this whole package. Here's new, you know, here's visuals, here's new logos, here's this whole story. An actual perfect, your professional releasing something. Yeah. It was yeah. like my perfect, it was like my professional, like coming out in a yeah, sense, yeah, if, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah so behind that it was just it was just a tune for me it was just like that was at the time for me it was just the second tune on my ep nice. um i was just writing it in a starbucks on a laptop and headphones and at the i didn't think it was going to be what it what it turned into yeah i was, I was just making music yeah, excisions played it like 12 planets play it, like all the big boys have played it so and mm -hmm. it's a song yeah, that I, everyone knows so yeah, I had a, yeah. I had an email list. I just, I just hit the list. Once I was like done, I was just like here, bam, 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 yep. bam. I just started yep. sending it out. And then all of a sudden I was like, everywhere I turned, it was like getting support. There. Yeah. It was kind of wild. And that's, that's just sick. how it just, it just sort of kind of just yep. took off. It was really Sweet. cool. Um, so how did the whole disciple thing then, did they reach out to you or how does that, how does that typically happen? Are you under them only, or I mean, you re you released on Subsidia too, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah, I guess you're not, but, yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not rostered with them, but I've released a ton of music yeah. and like work with them a lot. Yeah. Um, how does that go with like any label release usually for you? Do they reach out to you, or like you said, you're sending out emails to people? Was that to your fans, or was that to like all the producers and stuff out there? That was to all the producers okay. to, get, to get the support and to get gotcha. the playouts. Um, as far as Disciple, they hit me up and they're just like, "Hey, send music." Yeah, <laughs> that's that's literally what Super it was. Simple. I, I think, yeah, it was literally the message That's was sick. like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, what's up? And they're like, please send music. And I was like, uh, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without, and they have the rest is history. That's awesome. Um, um yeah. So I, want, I, I like to talk to every artist a little bit about like some more insight on like their personal life of who you are as a person outside of your music career. What do you do like in your free time outside of music? Like, do you, do you have a job? You obviously graduated from college. Yes. Yeah. And do you have a job outside of that? Do you, what do you do outside? Um, of I used to, I used to serve, I used to serve part-time just to okay. sort of pay the bills as things went on, but it's, it's, it's very close. It's basically full-time. Okay, cool. Um, I don't really work a part-time job that often. Maybe yep. I just sort of pick stuff up when I have free time and something to do. Uh, the place I work is pretty cool and pretty flexible. Nice. So it's kind of like, they'll just be like, Hey, what, you know, what, uh, 
what weekends are you free yeah. or like do you want to pick something up and i'd be like hey i got shows like this this and this states but i can work on like that friday if you need yeah. me to so i just kind of fill in for them as a floater nice um to help them out because when i was getting started like you know a couple of years ago before things kind of are where got to where they are now yeah um they were super flexible and they helped me a lot um so now i kind of feel like i can help them out like because they're short staff so i'm just like yeah man i can you know i can fill in this yep. day or this day for you um but yeah in the main the the music stuff has really been taken off that's awesome yeah no, i know i heard a lot of stuff from like other producers that i've talked to they're like right in your position r- roughly like it's i still part-time work kind of it's like doordash and even for me i doordash in my free time mm-hmm. so um something like that where it's like really flexible yeah. just until you get to that point of like okay now we're making real money mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 um all right so i'm gonna ask this question i'm kind of starting something new just i just want i'm looking for a time that like you remember so far in your career that really defined your career and set you in a like a forward motion was that the disciple release was that like what time was that that like actually pushed you forward or immortals even that could have been yeah it was definitely it was definitely immortals okay Yeah. yeah so that was like it was all the support um leading up to that like helped sort of build the hype yeah and then when it finally dropped it was like so many people were looking for that song that it just sort of blew up and then it was kind of like all eyes were on me for a little bit right and then it was like that i came out with the ep and then people are like whoa you know what i mean yeah (laughs) just sort of yeah that was definitely immortals awesome that's that's awesome to hear i know it's different for every every person and every producer out there everyone has their Mm -hmm. own story but sometimes it happens where it's like one song blows you up or it's or it's a continuous gradual climb where you got to grind it out i know um who was that i think i was hearing an interview i think from sunburn they were like artists for like 15 years before they finally like Mm -hmm. started to build a name for themselves so i I always like i I would say it wasn't i wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like the end all be all, but yeah. it definitely was like the beginning. Put you on the map. Yeah. It put yeah, it's like yeah. that put me on the map, which allowed me to then be like have have kind of like a spotlight where I could be like, hey, now here's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Right. Right. So Yeah, because I know it happens for different for everyone. And mm-hmm. just for the fans out there, like most of the time they don't realize like how it happens. It's just like, oh, it's a new name on the lineup. It's like, okay, cool. They smashed it. Cool. Now I'm a fan. Like that's usually yep. how the continuum goes, but like mm-hmm. They don't see no, like, they don't see what it takes it. yeah what it takes to get there so i always like asking each person that question but um we are running out of time and i don't want to take too much of your time um but we do need to start wrapping things up is there anything you you didn't cover or we didn't cover that you want to release to anyone <laughs> no, no no i just uh just more shows coming up um nice. working on a ton of music i i'm i'm super slow at writing music because i'm i'm very like i'm very picky yeah um i definitely don't put out things as quick as i would like to but i I, at the end like when the when the thing is when it's finished i'm i'm happy with it yeah i was talking to uh j6 last week and uh, you know j6 i'm sure Mm -hmm. uh but he uh he was saying like when he puts out music like he's very like we were talking about how like it's only like five to eight percent that you put out or that you make like the process of making music only t- it's only like five or ten percent you actually put out mm-hmm. so that's it's for everyone man don't feel don't feel bad in yourself about that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. no but yeah i just ton of ton of stuff coming up in the works so so just 
hope everybody can be patient for a little bit. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be worth it. I'm excited. I'll, I got I'll, I'll for sure I'll for sure have my eyes on you. And I'm sure a lot of us Sacramento people are from here on <laughs> out since you played for us. But thank you for yeah. throwing down us City and thank you for of course getting on the interview. I really appreciate of you being course, here, man. man. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully we can keep in touch. Yeah, of course.
Ready, face your face, let out all your pain, girl. It's okay, yeah.
Well, I hope you all enjoyed episode number 15 with Bainbridge. Huge shout out to Bainbridge for not only coming out and playing for us in the Sacramento area, but also the awesome conversation that we had. Um, it was a pleasure being able to sit down with you and pick your brain about your career, you know, what that's been like for you um, over the last several years and uh, also what's to come, uh, what your future plans are. It was just a great time, man. I appreciate you. Uh, also, big shout out to Glass Pack for that killer mix that you provided for this episode. Um, excited to see you perform at Lucid Dreams um, and uh, hopefully get to hang out there at the show. Uh, but that about wraps up this week's episode. Uh, just to give you guys a little heads up, next week we will be having Ekanova out of Arizona on the show. He currently works with the Relentless Beats management team and has released a bunch of different music on huge labels, including Insomniac Records. Uh, so that episode drops at the same time next week, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but I hope you guys all have a good week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, guys.